Hello, Saints. Welcome to the Be Well MU podcast, a podcast for Marymount University students. Led by wellness ambassadors and health and well-being staff, we discuss important health and wellness topics with a new guest every Wednesday. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is YY Yolgep, and I am the case manager in the Office of Wellness. I'll be bringing you fast facts on each episode moving forward. Today, we're going to talk about You Belong at MU. A well-being survey completed in the fall of 2020 showed that over 70% of you feel a sense of belonging to Marymount University. Now I'm going to pass it back to our hosts to learn more about how you belong at MU. Today, your hosts will be rising senior Lexi Farrell and our director of wellness, Karina Guzman. And today we will be talking about inclusion. Although we often talk about diversity, inclusion is just as important and we want to make sure that all members, all students in our community are seen, feel heard, and feel welcomed. Um, today we have Tate Brooks, our Assistant Director of the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and he's joining us today to talk about inclusivity, specifically here at Marymount. Um, so go ahead, Lexi. So first, I just want to start off by saying thank you, Tate, so much for coming out to our podcast. Absolutely. We are so glad to have you here. Um, the first question I'm going to ask you is, what does being inclusive mean and why does it matter? Great question. Thank you again, Alexis, for having me and Karina in the Office of Wellness. I really do appreciate it. It's always great to have a platform uh, to speak on matters such as these. Um, my name is Tate Brooks. I'm new to this department, but not new to Marymount. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm super excited to start off this conversation um, around inclusivity. Um, to me and for many others, um, my first introduction to really inclusion work was through um, the theorist and um, lecturer by the name of Myrner, I'm sorry, Virner. I might be butchering her name, sorry. Uh, Werner Myers, right? Myers. And I remember her saying that di diversity is being invited to the party, but inclusion is being asked to dance. And for me, that spoke volumes because oftentimes in many of our institutions, whether it be in the corporate world, whether it be in the academy or anywhere, we always talk about diversity. We always wanna focus on the stock of people which is why we have surveys, which is why we do, we collect data based on who is in the room, right? You as a student, when you apply to Marymount, you checked off a box to identify who you are. And that goes up, that, that celebrates not only who you are, but also it helps us with our uh, initiatives, our diversity initiatives, right? And so, so that we can say that we are the most diverse institution in the Northern Virginia area, which is a great thing, but inclusion, takes us a step further and, it's, and it asks, well, is this environment safe for everyone? And does everyone feel belong? Are their voices being heard, right? That's inclusion, including them at the table to make changes and to be a part of the actual culture. And so I, I find that to be super important, right? It doesn't take away from diversity. It doesn't take away even from equity, but it stands alone, right? They work interdependently. And, but they are, they're super important 
on their own separate terms, right? And so inclusion for me is important because I'm always mindful of who is in the room, but also who has voice to speak, right? And even sometimes when I have to check my privileges or look at uh, the space that I'm taking up. And sometimes I have to be mindful of the folks that may be marginalized by my own presence, right? And so that's being mindful, inclusive, like always thinking ahead, always thinking about um, who is being left out and who is being uh, left on the margins. And so, and it's important because we are striving every day as an institution to make this place more inclusive by recognizing every person as a human being with their own identities, right? And welcoming them here but not just welcoming them, but giving them space to be who they are, to change the system, to change the culture, to add to it, right? So that's super important when we think about inclusion work. Yes, that was so good, Tate. Like, I loved how you explained everything. Um, can you share some inclusive efforts or initiatives that your office is leading right now? Yeah, absolutely, Alexis. One of the things that we are working on First of all, let me just start here. Everyone can start somewhere, right? So like, if you notice in my introduction, I, I stated who, what my name is, my preferred name, right? And also my pronouns, right? And that's super important because we have to realize that everyone, we don't live in a monolithic culture, right? Like everyone is not the same. Everyone doesn't come from the same uh, gender identity or the same cultural identity or the same, um, you know, religious identity, right? We all are different. That's what makes this world so beautiful. And that's, that's what makes Marymount so uh, diverse is that we all are different. So when we bring our differences to the table, we also have to recognize that some people, right? Um, that it's important to recognize where people are in their journey, right? Especially you all as students. Sometimes when you come to college, you realize that I can now be identified in, 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 in the name or the, the gender that I've always wanted to be identified as, right? And we as institution and as staff members and as faculty members need to respect that. And so in one little way of starting with mindful inclusion work is just simply recognizing pronouns, right? Stating you know, your pronouns and being proud about it, right? It's nothing that is something to be shamed of, is nothing to be um, um, hesitant about, right? It's who you are, it's how you want to be addressed in the world. And when we are able to use our words to address someone with um, in the way that they want to be addressed, that allows them to have place in the world. That allows them to feel like they have placement in Mary, at Marymount, right? So those are just little things that um, that we all can do is just simply recognize folks' pronouns. Um, but as an office, uh, which is very new, uh, we just celebrated our grand opening this past Friday. Um, and so we are super excited to start off this year with um, a pronoun campaign. So you should see some um, um, small little flyers and um, little infographics, just really stating like why it's important to share people's pronouns and how to respect uh, folks' pronouns. Uh, we also are doing some um, panel discussions um, about gender and also about, about gender politics uh, coming up in February and also in March um, as we recognize Women's uh, Month as well. And so those are small little uh, things that we are doing. This space, we're located in Raleigh Academic Center. This space is open to all 
Marymount students, all staff, all faculty, all students, right? And so it's important to know that this space is for you. And so the little initiatives that we are doing um, is all for students. And so I'm super excited to dive into training with some of our uh, student leaders come this spring. As you know, we uh, we start to recruit new uh, community assistants and orientation leaders and student ambassadors and peer mentors. And so during that time, we do a lot of training around diversity and inclusion. And so I'm really excited to start that as well. Um, and yeah, and also doing some broader training with our faculty and staff, because it, it doesn't just stop with us, with the students. It, is, it, it continues with our faculty and staff. It's everyone's job to make this an inclusive uh, space for all. Yes, that's so good. And I would just like to touch on the peer mentor in OL um, aspect. So I am a peer mentor myself. And awesome. Mm -hmm. I noticed that during our um, our. Inter our interviews and like when we be interviewing each other, we do a lot of inclusive activities. So like mm -hmm. working with the team and things like that. So I thought it was really nice how you brought that up again. So that's absolutely moving forward, which is really right, right. And it's helpful for you because you're going to be working with other students, right? So you pass that information along to them, right? Because it's all about changing people's uh, mindset when they get to college, right? On how to really look at the world. At a, at, through a broader lens from which they the, from which they uh, looked at it prior to coming to college, right? You were so close-minded, all of us, no one is, like everyone has submitted. In high school and we're in your hometown, prior to coming to college, everyone had their view of the world through the lens of whether it's your, per, your guardians or through your uh, church or through your school or through your small town or big city, whatever it is, we all have this certain lens. But when you come to college, you are in, in embarking upon a new journey, embracing new people. And so it's important like uh, for leaders like you, Alexis, to be a part of these trainings because you're just going to pass it down to all of the new upcoming saints that are coming after you. So that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, thank you so much. Hmm. And I have another question for you. So why might some students feel that our campus isn't inclusive? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think from, I can speak from a student perspective, but I believe from the, from what I've witnessed, right, that a lot of people feel like if they aren't a part of the dominant culture here on campus that they might not be included in everything, right? And so, and there's no mystery to many people what the dominant culture is here, right? If you're an athlete, like one out of three students here are athletes. So many people who are non-athletes might feel like I don't have really much of a place here. Um, and, or if you're not, if you know, Catholic is our identity, right? So if you are not a part of the Catholic tradition, maybe some people may feel excluded from that. But I think that it's important to look beyond um, the, the, the surface and to really dig deep and to really find people who uh, share common interests as you, right? Finding organizations, finding staff and faculty who might uh, offer a new perspective or a different experience of Marymount that you might not have um, known from uh, whether, that you might not have known if you had not come to an office hours or if you haven't gone by, you know, Karina's office and, and chatted with one of her staff members or um, come to one of your community assistance programs, right? So there's a step that we all need to take into finding true community, right? Um, and so, but that's a really good question. I'm interested to hear what you have to say from a student perspective, 
um, what are some things you may have heard or even witnessed that may have um, been exclusive to you? So I personally, like, I feel like Marymount is getting way better at the inclusiveness. Like, I see it a lot at the events, especially during the whole pandemic. Like, I feel like I've seen more people out socializing than mm -hmm. I've seen throughout the year. So I feel like we are at a good start of improving our inclusiveness at Marymount University. Very good. That's all I have to say. I have like nothing negative. Probably in the past, you know, people have felt that way. But personally, from my experience, from what I've seen so far, I see a good start with our inclusive program. So absolutely. That's really good to hear. And that's what that's what it's all about starting the journey, right? Like if we decided to stay in the dark and just completely ignore the trends of the time, then that would be a problem, right? But we are taking the steps that are necessary to really undo the harm that we have done, uh, whether it's us as an institution or individually as a staff member or faculty or student, right? We have to learn how to undo some things that are rooted deep down inside of us, right? And so, and to realize that, okay, I need to have a more inclusive language, right? I need to have a more inclusive mindset when it comes to uh, the way that I uh, do assignments or the way that I assign students um, tasks and things like that, right? Making sure that everyone feels included and that they belong. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I also have, like, I wanna ask you um, some advice. So let's just say, um, Sometimes like if I witness racism or discrimination happening, I usually know the right thing to do is to speak up. But sometimes when it plays out in real life, it happens so fast, like in the moment that I just sometimes I like don't know what to do. So what are some ways we can learn to stand up against racism and discrimination when we see it happening on site? Wow, that's, that's really good. Um, first off, don't feel bad that you didn't say something right at the right at that point, right? It does take a lot of courage and a lot of energy. Okay, let's start there. It takes energy to have to combat um, um, racism or discriminate discriminatory actions towards yourself or a peer, right? Um, I told the CAs about a week ago when we had training that it's important that we do speak out but sometimes when it is uncomfortable that we learn that it's okay to know when the right time is to speak out, right? Because every time is not okay. Like if you find that one of your professors said something that was um, inappropriate towards a, you know, a culture of people, right? Um, and it could have been like a political science class or an anthropology class. I don't know, I'm just throwing something out there. But if they said something offensive, maybe raising your hand mid, you know, mid sentence while he, you know, during the class lecture may not be the right moment, right? But perhaps maybe coming after class or approaching that professor uh, during their office hours or even sending an email, right? And saying, hey, you know, uh, Dr. So-and-so, what you said in class, I just wanna let you know that um, it impacted us, you know, in a way that was kind of negative and things like that. It's also very important too, which we would go, uh, which our office will help train our students and faculty and staff in understanding implicit biases, right? Implicit bias happens every day, every day. Some, and, it's, and it's such, um, it's so embedded in our nature that sometimes it even happens without us knowing, 
right? And so it's important that as we are doing this work to, as I mentioned, to undo and uproot all of these things that have that it sometimes causes us to inflict harm on others, that we realize that it, it, it is a journey. And sometimes we have to extend grace. Some people are, you know, they do say things um, with malice intent. And then some people just said it because it's a part of their culture or they just, it just came out of their mouth, right? Understanding which one it is and understanding when to approach is important, right? So when we start to talk more about implicit biases and when we start to talk more about um, microaggressions, right? And I wanna be very clear that, you know, these are terms that, um, that if you don't know what they really mean is not, there's no harm, it's okay, right? We're learning this together, right? But microaggressions can sometimes be something as subtle as, oh, wow, and someone's told me this before, okay? Like I'm born and raised Texas, I'm from Waco, Texas. And, um, you know, and I identify as a, a Black American. And I had a professor when I was in graduate school was like, wow, you talk really well to be a Black man from Texas. And I laughed it off because I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks, right? Because honestly, I'm from, you know, my family, they're really country. They say certain words that many people may not know what they mean. <laughs> what they meant you know we don't complete sentences we don't complete words right um in a in a wholesome fashion or whatever the may the the case may be and so um while i laughed it off it still was uncomfortable for me right because i sat with it later and i was like wow this man said that i sounded good to be a black man from texas what does that mean like who do i i who i sound bet i sound good compared to who you know, like what, so understanding like, who is the standard? What is the standard, right? And so all of these things started running through my mind and I realized it's like, you know, I have the responsibility to speak up for myself, right? And I later addressed it and he realized, he's like, I realized after I said it, it was problematic. I said, well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you realized that, right? Don't do it again, right? <laughs> so don't do it to another student. And so you're, your ability to speak out may be someone's protection in the future, right? You may be protecting someone else from harm if you uh, by by just by speaking out, right? Um, and 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 again, it takes courage, right? It takes energy. Sometimes we just don't have the energy to try to you know correct someone or try to tell them, hey, like what you just said was so wrong, right? Um, so check in with yourself. Right. Say, hey, do I have time for this? Right. Do I have the energy to invest in this right now? Right. Um, and then if it is someone right, we we uh, we do a, a training called bystander training. Right. Where if you are um, witnessing someone, it could be a friend or a coworker or just a peer that's uh, being harmed. Right. Or someone um, is inflicting harm by the, with their words. And you may not have said anything in that moment. And it's okay. But my encouragement for you is, is to check in on that person, right? To just ask them, like, how are you doing? You know, like, I, I witnessed what happened. Is there a way that I can support you, right? Because every, and because we also need to realize we can't fight every battle. Because if you did, you will be worn out, okay? So, <laughs> so realize, so pick your battles, you know, um, and, and understand what you really have the energy for. So check in with yourself. And, and understand people's implicit biases and understand the you know uh, impact versus intent, right? Some people may not have meant to impact you in a negative way. 
maybe their intent was different, right? But you, it's, you, it's, it's our responsibility to be, um, to be cautious of our words, to be very careful of how we treat each other, right? And that was a part of our, also our um, RSHM as a religious institution, right? To treat others with respect, love and dignity, right? Because we all believe that everyone should have life and have it in full. So I'm here to support you in your fullness, right? In your full self and to recognize you as a human and to give you dignity. And so yeah. everyone deserves that, period. That's the bottom line, right? Yeah. And so if we just start there, we will, we will start building courageous warriors across campus that will be able to, to speak against um, discrimination and racism and sexism that may exist um, here on campus. Yes, and I just wanna- Alexis, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, that might've been long-winded. You gotta tell me, girl. You gotta... No, it's okay. Like you were hitting right on the money on everything. I thought it was very, very interesting. Another point I just wanted to bring up that you mentioned was how, you know, you can tell them and they'll, and it's just all about having the person know what they said was not okay. Right. Like, that's another thing that I like that you brought up because, you know, personally from my experience when I was younger, um, the same experience that you had with your professor, I had that with a student when I was younger, I used to have really curly hair, like really, really, mm. really I swear all the time. And um, I used to get from my students like, oh, wow, you have pretty hair for like a black girl. And I used mm. to be like, oh, wow, like, thank you. Like laughing, like, uh. And then I go home, I tell my mom and she was like, no, you have to address people when they say things like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, cause sometimes people, they just don't know. Like, like you said, like we come into college, we come in closed-minded and at the end of our four years or five years, we're open-minded. So, right. you know, I really like how you just brought up that point. That's awesome. And kudos to your mom too, for giving you that, that encouragement to say, no, say something, you know, speak up. Right. And so, and, and it doesn't have to always be in a confrontational manner. Right. Like sometimes you can just speak up and, and use humor, you know, it's like, thank you. You know, I, my curly hair, yours is nice too for what, you know, your hair is straight too, or whatever the case may be. Right. Or using some type of, um, um, to bring lightness to the situation, right? Because we don't always want, because sometimes even the microaggressions comes from people that we really care about, right? right. Even comes from friends or it comes from folks who, um, who, you know, who are in our workplace, right? And so we know that they intent, intentions aren't to inflict harm. So sometimes just correcting them in a loving manner, right? Holding, holding them in a loving, accountable, uh, accountable way is important. So kudos to your mom for, for, for doing that. Thank you so much. All right, for our final question. So if you are having a hard time connecting with people or feeling like part of the MU community, what resources are available to students? Very good question. I believe that there are many resources and our office being one. Um, again, we're located in the Raleigh Academic Center on the first floor, 1004. Um, we are here I know I'm here most of the days and through through the night sometimes. And so um, you have offices like uh, the Office of Wellness and uh, with Karina and Dr. Laura uh, Finkelstein and YY who really care about students, right? And they're there to support. We have a whole care team that is set up to listen uh, to students and to check in when they're at their lowest low, right? Uh, we have um, the Office of Student Living and Engagement, right? Who 
we have CAs on campus who is their job to check in on students, right? Check in on their residents who live on campus. And so making sure that you always feel connected to someone, that you find someone who is in a leadership position to really share with them, how are you feeling? And they should lead you to one of these resources, right? We have the counseling center located in the Berg office, right? That's another good location uh, to go and find people who really care and who are there to listen. And so, and finding a really good friend, going to a club organization that, you know, that may match your identity or that may match your interests, right? I know they're starting a, a, cl a club for bowling. So folks who love bowling, right? Like finding a community um, is important. That's what is going to keep students here, but not only that, but keep them involved, right? Is providing spaces um, that allows them to really explore who they are and their interests, right? And so there are many opportunities. I encourage you all, if you have any questions for our uh, office that you can email us at youbelong at marymount.edu. And that's you with the letter U. Um, and uh, we are here to support, we're here to listen. Um, and we are here just to make sure, um, and we're also here to speak up for you too, right? I work with the dean, I wanna be very clear about that. I work with the Dean of Students, right? Where her, her entire role is to advocate for students, right? And so if there are some issues that you may be facing discriminatory um, uh, behaviors from a, a faculty member or staff, or uh, you feel like you wasn't given a grade that was fair or something along those lines, right? Like we are here to support you and the Dean of Students Office is here to advocate and to promote and support students. So know, know, your, cult, know your institution, know your offices and know your folks, right? We are here to support you because you belong here. Yes, and another thing I recommend to any students that are listening, um, MU Engage, like that Absolutely. is the one resource if I need to know any events happening on campus, I highly recommend going on MU Engage and Absolutely. Um, signing up for any, like, well, any um, program that you're interested in, any club and just meeting people, like everyone at Marymount is really nice, open arms, friendly. So that's just another good source to use too. You better plug in, you engage. I forgot. That's good. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Well, that includes our podcast today. Thank you so much, Tate, for joining us. We post a new podcast every Wednesday. Next week, we'll be taking, we'll be talking about our community and food security. Be sure to email us to submit any stories or comments related to the topic by emailing us at bewell at marymount.edu. Awesome. Thank you.